Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. I'd like for you to turn to uh, 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 Revelation 21. I'll be there in a little bit. Uh, and that if you go there, we're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures today. Is it all right to look at scriptures? Hey, let me ask you this question. What's your favorite Bible to read from? Those of you that are online, would you just, uh, would you just put that in the chat right there? What is your favorite Bible to read from? Everybody's got a favorite Bible, right? Well, I have a new Bible. And it's my favorite Bible. And tomorrow, if I pick up another one, it'll be my favorite Bible. But this one is down, this one is so deep. And it really takes deep things and makes them so that I can understand, so that a shallow mind can understand. And here it is. The Big Picture Storybook. Oh, man, it's loaded. I mean, it's got pictures. It's just so awesome. And... uh, It does a great job, actually it does a great job of synthesizing big biblical issues that are really helpful. The tagline from this book is, the Bible is a big book about a big God who keeps a big promise. Isn't that great? I love, and and so I was reading this week, and uh, in, in the Revelation passage, it says, talks about John and uh, talks about everything that's going, talks about the new heaven and the new earth. And listen to this last line. I love this. Look, listen to this. God's forever people will one day live in God's forever place under God's forever rule. Isn't that great? I think you got that on the screen. You can take a picture of that. There we go. God's forever people will one day live in God's forever place under God's forever rule. Hey, I feel generous today. So if you are a parent and you're in-house or a grandparent and you're in-house and you brought an elementary student with you today that is your child, If you'll take a connection card and fill out that connection card and on the back, turn it over and say, uh, brought a child today, we're going to put your name in a drawing for this book. And tomorrow in staff, we're going to draw and somebody will get to have my favorite Bible book. The The Bible is a big book about a big God who keeps a big promise. My thought is, If you're strong enough to bring your kids and come to church today as a grandparent or a parent, I want to say, yay, God, and I want to bless you today with this. Okay, so use the connection card. You can't use online because I'm not going to go searching for it, but I want it on a white piece of paper that's there in front of you, so if you take that out, all right? Uh, How many parents do we have that brought an elementary student today? How many grandparents? All right, yeah, 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 you rock says, for in God's forever place, eternity is uh, a forever place, right? I was talking to somebody this week, and we were having dinner, and they said, you know, I, I have a tough time uh, thinking about forever, like, you know, forever in heaven, forever in hell, and that goes on and on and on and on, and it's never a, ch- never a change, and it's so important, the choice 
that we make determines where we'll spend that forever place. We make a lot of choices, don't we? As a kid, we made a choice whether or not we would obey our parents, right? We made a choice about, uh, I hope, our lifelong mate. Uh, I hope we just didn't draw a name out of the thing or, or marry Susie because she lived closest to me. Uh, and, and we made a choice about where we go to church, choice about our job. And we make daily choices. You'll make a choice today about uh, whether you'll have, where you'll have lunch or a choice about maybe you're going to fast today. So we make a lot of choices. But there's one choice that all of us must make, and it's the most important one of your life. Whether or not you're going to trust Jesus as your personal Savior who paid for your sins, or you're going to trust yourself and you're going to pay for your sins. You see, if you trust yourself and pay for your sins, you'll pay for them in the eternity place called hell. You don't just automatically go to heaven. There was a guy by the name of Jethro. <laughs> That's just funny to me. It just, I thought about it. Jethro. And uh, he was in hospice care, he was dying. And he told his wife, Lily, who was crying, he said, Lily, I want you to go to the fireplace and the third brick from the top, two over, pull that brick out, and behind that is a small little box of money. I want you to take that box, put it upstairs in the attic, so when I die, I'll just pull by on my way to heaven and I'll grab that box on my way to heaven. Well, after he died, after the funeral, Lily thought about the little box, and so she went up in the attic, and there it was, the little box. And she said to herself, Jethro, I knew you had your directions messed up. I should have put it in the basement. <laughs> One of two possibilities. People say, well, I don't want to talk about hell. I don't want to think about hell. Listen, hell is not in the Bible for us to debate it, right? Right? Or to reject it as a doctrine. It's there so we might what? Escape it. But I want to go to the other place. How about you? I want to go to that place called heaven. So if I die right now, Paul said to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord in the heavenlies, wherever that is, in the heavenlies, right? Uh, and one day my spirit will be united with my physical body on the resurrection. But if I die right now, I'd go to be with the Lord in heaven. But guess what? I'm not going to spend forever in heaven. Some of you, that's new to you. You thought, you know, so here's how I grew up, right? Probably a lot like you. One of these days, I'll die, and I'll go to heaven, and that's the end of the story. And maybe, you know, you see those pictures, I'll die, and I'll become an angel. No, you don't die and become an angel. That's silly. I don't know where anybody, well, God needed another angel, so tinkle bell, tinkle bell. No, no, you're still who you are. And so you think, okay, I'm going to die. And then we sing songs like, I love that amazing grace. Amazing grace. Isn't that great? When we've been there 10,000 years, what's the rest of it? And then what else? No less days to sing God's praise than we first began. In other words, when I get to heaven, Maybe I'll float around on a cloud. I'll be there for 10,000 years, and it'll just still be there, and I'll be singing a song, playing a harp, and praising God. And as a kid, that never really intrigued me very much. Now, I like the idea of missing hell, right? Fire insurance, that's what a lot of people want. But just, I thought, now, if God created the earth and put Adam and Eve in it, and it was a garden of Eden, everything that was beautiful and everything that was special, then why, 
Why would I spend eternity somewhere in another place as an alien in heaven when God created me as a man to be on this planet earth? But when you begin studying the Bible, it says that there's in the fullness of time, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. God is literally going to bring down this new heaven onto a new earth. And so they'll be one in the same. No division. I mean, you can be here and the next moment you'll be somewhere else. I, I don't know how all that works, but I do know it works because here's what Isaiah said. The wolf and the lion will lay down together. The lion evidently will chew grass or hay. Said that the desert will produce roses. And it's a picture of creation remade and will rule and reign alongside Jesus. So if you're looking to spend eternity in heaven floating around on a cloud, you're not thinking deep enough. You need to think about a new earth that's going to have a new heaven on it. And what you enjoyed in this world, that is of God, you're going to enjoy. Right? Right? So let's look at Revelation 21. I love this passage. And this is John saying, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, right? There was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things, what? Say it with me. Have passed away. And then, and then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for the words are true and faithful. And he said to me, read it with me, it is done. Let's read it together. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Amen. Isn't that a great one? Wow. Look at that. You see, Revelation was never written to create hopeless speculation about the future. Years ago, when this was given to the first century church, it wasn't written so that men could put together charts, write books, and get on Christian TV and be famous. It was written to a group of people that were struggling in their faith, facing temptation, walking through persecution and trials. Does that sound like now or what? Let me, let me read that to you again. It was written in the first century to Christians that were struggling in their faith, facing temptation, walking through persecution and trials on all sides. The book of Revelation, listen, is intended to fuel hopeful obedience in the presence. Say that with me. Hopeful obedience in the present. And so that's why we've been looking at the, at the end zone, this series, to fuel hope that we can be obedient now. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 13. But when the day of God's judgment does come, it will be unannounced like a thief. The sky will collapse with a thunderous bang, everything dis disintegrating in a huge conflagration, earth and all of its works exposed to the scrutiny of judgment. Since everything, look at this, since everything here today might well be gone tomorrow, 
Do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Don't expect the day of God. Daily, I say, daily expect the day of God eager for its arrival. The galaxies will burn up. The elements will melt that day. But we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promise. Read it with me. New heavens and the promised new earth, all landscaped and righteous. Here's what he's saying. Out with the old, in with the new. Right? Out with the old, in with the new. No more wheelchairs. No more hospitals. No more divorce. No more separation. No more lawyers chasing another client. They had a wreck, all right? We, we all like the newest version, don't we? I mean, as soon as the newest phone comes out, Anita said, oh, so you already think about the newest phone. So she puts me on a, a thing that I can only do it once in 20 years. So we like that, right? You know, we see something new, and we want that. We want the new. We want the newest version. We want that. And so that's why when we start reading about this new heaven and this new earth, we should remember all the beautiful things we see on this earth, all the grand moments that we have. And the Lord says, no, what I'm creating is going to be new and better than anything you ever imagined. It'll be a new earth with a new heaven, and you'll have access to both of those. Say amen, yay, yay, yay. So what happens here in Revelation 21? First of all, God creates a brand new earth and heaven without the curse of sin in heaven. He's going to make a new one. It's not a sequel, and it's not a remake or a remaster like they do a lot of movies. So just think about this. Whatever you enjoy on this new on earth now will only be intensified on the new heaven and the new earth that is without sin. We won't be under the curse of sin. It'll be like the Garden of Eden, paradise, uninterrupted fellowship with God. So whatever you love on earth. So let me ask you this. Just post this on there. Let me see it. What's been your favorite your favorite moment on earth, all right? What, what is that? Help me out. What has been your favorite moment on earth? Would you just post that? What has been your favorite moment on earth? Now, listen, for whatever that moment on earth was, let me tell you, heaven and the new earth is going to be inscribably better than your greatest moment on this earth. Think about your favorite place. Think about your favorite moment. Think about some of the places that you've seen. One of our favorite places is in Santorini. Beautiful. Oh, oh, I'll just, be, I'll just be happy to be mayor over Santorini in the new heaven and the new earth. Beautiful. But that's nothing to describe what we're going to see in the new earth. I mean, think about this. The, the universe. You can go 880 quadrillion miles now to reach a star that's 200 million miles in diameter. And you're going to still be in your galaxy. And there will be billions of galaxies beyond that. Is that amazing or what? And then he says, not only the new heaven and the new earth, but he said there will be no more ocean. No more ocean. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be water or there won't be sea because there will. But you see, right now, two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. And it divides, it separates the oceans, and that division happened after the, after the, after the flood. 
So he's going to say, I'm going to put that all together. One of the reasons he's saying that is that so there's no more separation. No more separation from peoples. No more division. And then the next thing he says, there's no more suffering. Verse 4, I love this. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Some of you are sitting here today or you're watching online and you're hurting right now. But you need to know this. In the new heaven and the new earth, there'll be no more pain and there'll be no more suffering. Maybe your body right now is racked in pain, but never again. Maybe you've watched somebody die in the last year and suffer physically, but then no more. No more headaches, no more cancer, no more diabetes, no more AIDS, no more famine, no more rebellion, no more sickness, no more hatred, no more war, no more loneliness, no more agony, no more pain. Say, yay, God, thank you, Jesus. Amen? No more. Here's the next thing John says, that we're going to live with God forever. I heard a loud voice. Look at verse 3. I heard a loud voice shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with us. This is the final time. Several times in the book of Revelation it says, And I heard a loud shout from the throne. But this is the last time in Revelation. This is the last time that God says with a loud shout. In other words, it's like, Maybe the most important announcement in the book of Revelation. God says, now my dwelling will be with men. Here's what he's saying. Finally, it's done. It's restored. It's back to the way that I originally created it. It's the way I wanted it. My children are with me, and I am with them. That's the way that I want it. <laughs> That's the way I want it, too. Can you think about that? Imagine that. Adam and Eve walked with God. They had constant fellowship with God. That God was accessible to them. Everything was beautiful. I mean, more than what they could ever imagine. And that's going to be recreated, reestablished for you and me that are Christ followers and have made a choice to say yay to God. Wow. We're going to live in a new city. Verse 2 says, And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Also, when God talked about the different parables, and he said, I'll make some of you ruler over ten cities. So evidently, there's going to be cities on this new earth. You say, well, what, what kind of cities? Well, what kind of cities we have right now? What are cities like? Cities have buildings. Cities have things to do. There are restaurants. There are cafes, coffee shops. Yep, I believe coffee shops. You say, are we going to be able to eat? What? When Jesus was resurrected, he did what? He ate. The Bible says that there's a marriage supper of the Lamb. So I don't think we eat because we have to eat for the strength. I think we eat just because we like to eat. How many of you like to eat? Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you like to eat. That's why I work out at the gym. I like to eat. If I didn't, I'd be like the gospel blimp. I'd probably weigh 500 pounds. So, uh, you know, so we just, we can eat because we like to eat. In, in cities, there's entertainment. You say, really? That's, that's how to be? Well, why not? You've got to think how this earth is 
and what God wants it, but now pull it through, no sin, pull it through the beauty of that. So some of you like to do things, you're a creator, you like to teach, guess what? On this new earth, that gift that God, you think the gift that God give you is only for this earth? No. Somehow in the next one, some of you that love to do creative things, like we're doing some uh, painting and stuff at our house, and, and uh, Tiffany, she's just got this eye to see things. And I was thinking about this the other day when she and Anita were talking about, well, maybe we just make this happen in the bathroom, we make that happen. And I thought, how can you see that? I'm visually incompetent. I can't see that. But then I had this amazing thought. In the new earth and the new heaven, gifts and talents like that are not going to be laid away, but they're going to be talents that you're going to be able to go in and use that talent. They're going to still be building. There'll still be entertainment. There'll still be times, Phil, that you can take your keyboard and go to the local cafe and you can play there, but it won't be for nickels and dimes and pennies. It'll be for the rejoicing of what God is going to do. You must keep a constant thought about this new heaven and this new earth. Wow, sometimes we're shattered in this life. It seems like things are cut short. And we wonder, is that all there is? I believe that on that new earth, there are going to be some dreams that weren't fulfilled in this life, some things that God promised you that's going to be fulfilled on that new earth. Things accomplished. But warning, 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 your choices now are going to determine where your forever is going to be. I mean, we can rejoice about this Revelation 21, but our choices now are going to depend on that. So look at Revelation 21, again, verses 6 through 8. Because everybody's not going to the new heaven, the new earth. Only those who put their trust in Jesus. Revelation 21, 6 through 8, and he said, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But, so he said, but i got to change it. Not everybody's going to heaven. I really believe, I said this last week, there are going to be a lot of people sitting in church today that think that they're a Christian, or think that because they're an American that they're a Christian, they're going to go to heaven. You don't go to heaven just simply because you came to church. You don't go to heaven just simply because you mumble the prayer and there's no change in your life. He says here, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. He said, if you're cowardly, what do you mean cowardly? Well, cowardly because you're not serving the Lord because you're a coward. You're afraid. You're afraid of how people will mock you or what they'll say about you. And he says, look, if that's the way it is, if you think that because people think about you in such a way that you won't serve the Lord, listen, you think that people think about you? They really don't think about you. You think about you. And you think that other people should think about you. But a lot of people are cowards to become a Christ follower because they're a cost. He said the unbelieving, that's the opposite of the faithful. Those are the unbelieving are those that are not to be trusted. The abominable, you've heard of the abominable snowman? That's not this. Abominable, abominable here comes from the word abominable, which means wholly caught up in wickedness, evil with no stops. Is that a picture of the world today? I mean, it's, they're wholly into everything that's wrong. Sexual immoral, 
That's from the word there is porneia, from which we get our word porno. What it really means is illicit sex. What is illicit sex? Listen to me. He said, anybody who does this, this is the pattern of their life, their pattern. Illicit sex. Anything beside the sexual union of a husband and a wife in marriage. So that means premarital sex, extramarital sex, homosexual, incest, bestiality. Never enter into the glories of God. And then he said idolaters. That's people who put anything before they put God. Liars. That's people who deviate from the truth. And sorcery. That's from the word pharmakeia, from which we get our word pharmacy. It doesn't mean taking an advil. But it means taking illicit drugs in the place that they take you somewhere else. They're almost like your worship. I've got to have that. I've got to get that because that's going to get me to that place of peace. I've got to get that. I'm so uptight here, so I've got to get that. So we better be careful even, even with legal drugs that are given to us and saying, is that my only escape? Is that where I escape? And I'm not talking about if you're in pain, you have to take something. But I'm talking about if that's your constant MO, that you have to have that drug, you have to have that thing to get you to that place of peace. You better be careful because long term that could really change you away from finding your peace in the Lord. So if that's, if that's awesome that God is this place for us, but he says some people can't get there, so then what should I do about this final dimension to help me live right now? First of all, thinking about heaven, thinking about this new earth, it helps us to keep things in perspective because we're all going through trials, we're all going through disappointment, and we're all going through pain. Anybody had any pain this week? Any disappointment? Any trials? Any setbacks this week? So what happens in the midst of that, we're tempted to get to the place that says, oh, fudge, I just, I just give up. It's too hard. I quit. It's not worth it. Listen, look at these scriptures, Romans 8, 18 through 21. Helps us keep perspective. That's why, would you read it with me? I think we need to read this out loud together. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4. Read it with me. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. Oh, yeah, it keeps us in perspective this week. Second of all, it helps us to be truly heavenly-minded and live godly lives here. Look at this, Colossians. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life in Christ, act like it. Look at your neighbor and say, act like it. So what does that mean to act like it? Read it with me. 
Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Read, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. And number three, thinking about all of this, thinking about heaven, it should motivate us to take as many people as possible to heaven with us. Would you believe that? It, it should motivate us that. Let me, ask, let me ask you a couple of questions. How many of you brought your Bible to church with you today, or at least some you're on your phone or something? Would you bring your Bible? I mean, how many of you brought this? How many brought your sermon notebook? All right. If you don't have a sermon notebook, you can get one of those. Do we still give them away free? Yeah, we give these away free. Isn't that amazing? If, not, if we don't do it forever, we'll give it free today. You can get one. And so you can, go on, you can go on to the website, and you can download the notes yourself, and maybe soon we'll get back. COVID has kept us from passing those out because we try to be as safely as we can here. We don't try to touch things and give it to you. Um, so maybe we'll get back to those. But you can put your sermon notes in. You can keep those. How many of you, by raising your hand, believe what the Bible says? How many of you believe what the Bible says about this new dimension of the new heaven and a new earth? How many of you shared your faith with at least one person in the last two weeks? Wow. How many of you invited somebody to church in the last two weeks? Wow. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't know. Should I invite somebody? Sure you should. Because at the end of every teaching, we're going to do something like we're going to do right now. We're going to give people an opportunity to invite Christ into their heart and into their life. Some people say, oh, let's just get on with it. You don't have to do that every week. Yeah, that's because you're already in. But what about our guests? What about the friends that you bring that have never invited Jesus into their heart and into their life? Maybe today when I read about all of those that can't make it into heaven, maybe you're online or you're sitting here, and you say, Terry, man, that... That just really alarmed me today because I've got to be truthful with you. I'm, I'm addicted to one of those things. And it says that if I'm addicted to that, if that's my lifestyle, that doesn't mean if you happen to do that, but it's talking about that's your lifestyle. Please know the difference. We're not perfect. We're all sinners saved by grace. And there are times that we make a mistake. You may tell a lie. You say, well, it's just a white lie. No, there's no such thing as a white lie. A lie is a lie. So then we need to say, God, forgive me for that. I, I lied, okay? I think, I think we, we don't take serious these things that God takes serious. You say, but Terry, I've tried to break this habit. <clears throat> and it's like a vicious circle. <clears throat> My grandfather had trouble with this sin. My parents had trouble with this sin. I haven't been able to break this cycle. I'll probably do it for the rest of my life. My kids will probably struggle with this. My grandkids, I just can't break this cycle. I got some good news to you. You may not be able to break it, but there's a man that's here today in spirit, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he says, if you'll turn that over to me, I will break that cycle from you, and I'll start something new. I'll start something new. Or maybe you're here today, and you've been, you're thirsty. God said, I'll, I'll create that. I'll give you, I'll take care of your thirst. And you've been trying to find something in this world to create that thirst. And, and so you look in relationships. You look in a lot of other stuff. Almost 2,000 years ago, there was a woman that was just like this. It was thirsty. 
She was going to a well. She was an outcast. She had been married and divorced five times, and now she lived with a man that wasn't really her husband. And she was going to the well at noon when nobody would go to the well because in the middle of the day, you wouldn't go. It's too hot. But she went then because she didn't get persecuted and called names. But that day when she went to the well, just so happened. No, there's nothing just so happens with Jesus. But it just so happened that Jesus was sitting at the well. And as she approached, you see, he was there for one person, one person. You may say, well, it's an accident. I'm just here today. No, it's not an accident you're here today. He's here for you. Because he wants to, he wants to quench the thirst that you haven't been able to quench anywhere else. Jesus said to her, would you give me a drink of water? She said, how is it that you being a Jew would ask me to give you a drink? Because we, I'm a Samaritan and we don't have anything to do with each other. And Jesus said, if only you knew. I could give you a drink that you would never thirst again. Never thirst again. She said, Lord, show me that. And I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is sitting right beside you now or in your home. And he's saying, let me give you a drink that'll quench the thirst that you have. You've been looking everywhere else, and you think, well, this will do it, or that'll do it, or this will do it, this person will do it. If I could just have a husband, if I could just have a wife, if I couldn't have a husband, if I couldn't have a wife, get rid of them. If I have kids, if I didn't have kids, it's always something else. Jesus says, no, just look to me today. Just look to me today. One of the books I really recommend for you to get is Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Oh, this book is so good. It changes the surreal thoughts of heaven down to something you can understand. It's not like a textbook that's difficult. It's just so simple. And uh, I think that Pastor Ben and Pastor uh, Tim were talking about this being a, a, a life group in the future. Uh, and Roberta, you've been volunteered to lead that life group somewhere in the future about heaven. So, but it'll be a good one, right? But get that book. Get that book. One of the passages in here, Randy Alcorn, listen to this. I know I'm pushing time, but I, I just got to read this with you. Randy says that he suggests that this new existence will reflect the best of what we enjoy now and the people that we have a level of holiness, fulfillment, and joy we have not known. He says, imagine the very best of our relationship with God and with one another being brought together. Imagine lives marked and characterized by unity, love, affirmation, joy, and unending happiness. Think of what it would be like to enjoy a cup of coffee. Yes, it must be there with Abraham, Noah, Moses, Peter, Elijah, Joshua. What would it be like to sing a psalm with David while he's playing on the harp? What would it be like to listen to a story by Solomon? What would it be like to pray with James or to laugh with Peter? Or to, to discuss an aspect of God with the Apostle John. Who else would you like to spend time with? Imagine playing sports with that friend of yours that was handicapped in this past earth. Having a conversation with a person who struggled with a brain injury or Alzheimer's. Imagine meeting people who came to Christ through your tithe and offering because you give. Or spending time with a family member who died recently or was way too young. All of them will have one thing in common. And they'll say this. 
in the midst of everything that was going wrong, then God save me. Then God save me. I want that for you because sin can be so destructive. Even now, the guilt and the condemnation, but it can be done away with through a relationship with Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me just now? Father, I thank you. There's just so much, so much about this new heaven and this new earth. In fact, there's so much about hell, and I didn't take time to do that today, but we will in the future. In fact, I forget how many times that you spoke about hell, so you warned us of that. And you endured all the pain and the punishment on the cross so that my sins would be paid for and I wouldn't have to go to hell. Holy Spirit, I pray today if there's one person here in the house or one person watching that doesn't know for sure that you're their Lord and Savior, let them make that decision today. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Terry, I'm not sure I'm really ready to meet Jesus. I'm struggling with some of those cycles of sin and they've become a lifestyle with me. It's something that's constantly there. And I don't want it to have a foothold in my life that would get me focused more on this world than in the next world. Or maybe you're here today and you say, for the first time, I want to invite Jesus into my heart and in my life. I've gone to church all of my life, but I've really never, I don't know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that I'm ready to see Jesus. If you are not ready today, let me lead you in a prayer. Would you do this in just a minute? I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. And those of you that are watching online, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you today. So if you're here in the house or you're there online and you say, Terry, I want to be sure without a shadow of a doubt that I'm ready to meet Jesus, that I have a reservation in the new heaven and the new earth. Would you raise your hand right now and let me pray with you and for you? Say, yeah, that's me. I want to make sure today without a shadow of a doubt. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. And those of you that are watching online right now, I know it may feel strange, but right where you are, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand right now. Let me pray with you. Pray this prayer with me today. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Forgive me for all of my sins and to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. As best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit in Jesus' name. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we'd love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps are in your relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.